You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 97. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today I have a fabulous interview with a Macros 101 client. So Casey Kruer has done our last round of Macros 101, and at the end of each of the Macros 101 rounds, we do a transformation contest, and all the members inside the community vote on the biggest transformation, and this is not about losing the most weight. Uh, it isn't about having the best progress pictures. Um, that's not how the decision is made. Uh, the people record a video and they tell their story and the members of the community who have been, you know, everybody's been watching everyone's transformations vote and pick who is the biggest transformation. And Casey was the winner of the transformation contest, uh, for our April group. And, um, she has such an amazing story that I wanted to make sure we brought her on so that she could share because she hits on, um, a a couple of different of different things that I see in a lot of women and um, and and how she was able to overcome them is really really inspiring and so we will introduce Casey will introduce herself and she'll kind of talk a little bit about our story but a couple of things that I want to highlight um, one Casey is a mom she's a mom of three and um, I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that but even more than just a mom or I shouldn't say more uh, in addition to being a mom she is also works full-time and we kind of talk a little bit about this at the very end of the episode and um, I wanted to bring this up because I had uh, someone point out and and I always appreciate the, re- the feedback that I received from you guys I can't remember if this was an email or if it was um, a review on iTunes, but just making the comment that um, it would be nice to hear from more women who work full time. Because I don't have to tell you, there's there's differences, right? There's differences in um, what you experience being a mom or not being a mom or working full time or not working full time. And so I'm really excited that Casey has that experience that she can bring in as, as a mom, um, as somebody who works full time and as someone who's gone through an illness that she really had to battle and left her really feeling a little bit like her body is broken. And this is a sentiment that I hear a lot of women echo of feeling like my body's broken. It's (laughs) for some reason, things work for other people and they don't work for me. And Casey shares how she went through trying a lot of things and failing at a lot of, um, of, of diets and trying to be able to get that way to get the weight off and how she was able to continue to, um, put herself out there again and, and say, you know, even though I've tried all these things and I failed and I feel like my body is broken, taking that leap and that plunge in April to sign up for macros 101 and to, to come join us and to go through that coaching process, which Casey will speak to both her physical transformations. And I, I'm really excited for you to hear her physical transformations because uh, it may not be what you think. And, um, and also her mental transformations. Uh, and there is a part in, in this interview where Casey shares something that's very near and dear to her. And uh, for those of you who are moms, um, may find it kind of touches a chord with you as well, because she shares something um, about 
her children and about her experience with macro counting that has, has strengthened that relationship with that, the, her kids. And, um, I, I love that Casey was willing to come on and share her story, share her experience, share her results and share how being perfect isn't the goal and honestly isn't required for results that you want to see. So without further ado, let's jump into that episode with Casey Kruer. All right. I would love to welcome Casey Kruer to the podcast. Casey, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Amber. Thanks. Yeah, I am really excited. We've been talking a little bit um, before we hit record, and I'm excited for some of the things that you're going to share um, because I think a lot of women are going to be able to relate to the experience that you've, that you've had and then being able to see your success is, is going to make them feel like it's possible for them. So um, let's start out with just a little bit of an introduction Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you like to do, and um, what your fitness journey has kind of looked up like up to this point. Okay, so that's kind of a loaded question. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm a mom to three little guys, 12, 9, and 6. Um, I work full-time as a psychologist, um, and I am 45 years old. And I guess my fitness journey through life has always been... I've always been very active. I've always been, my husband and I both love to work out. We've always lifted. I played a group in California, so I played soccer from the time I could walk. And so I went to college on a soccer scholarship. So I've always classified myself as what I would call an athlete. Um, um, and then in 2018, I got pretty sick. Um, and that sort of disrupted my fitness journey and my weight journey, to be totally honest, um, for a while. I uh, lost almost 40 pounds. Most of that was muscle. Um, with the illness that I had, I was basically able to eat seven foods, and I was probably consuming 400 to 700 calories a day. So that lasted for about a year, and I'm actually still working on some of that, but after I was able to incorporate more foods, I immediately just started eating a lot. And so going from 400 to 700 calories a day to 2,000 or 2,500, I packed on 35 pounds of what I would say good solid fat. Yeah. <laughs> and it was of not, not of, of not muscle. Right. <laughs> yes. And it was not, it was not a good experience for me. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so back in, in 2018, you had this illness, you went through this period of time having to be really restrictive with your, with your food. And, and I think it's really important to point out that that restriction was coming from a medical place. Um, yes. and I've, and you're not the only person that I've ever heard of this, right? Like people have different experiences in terms of food intake and, and food restrictions. And, um, and so you've coming from this place of not being able, not feeling your body, really trying to figure out the medical side of this and getting to the point where you're able to eat more food and then seeing that weight come back maybe that you had lost, but instead you lost muscle and you replaced it. Yeah. That's, that's an important point too, Amber, I think, because I wasn't, when I was sick for that entire year, I worked out not at all. I mean, I had no energy. I was yeah. in bed every day by four o'clock. I mean, so I'm my, even my husband remarked to me at one point during this illness, like, look how thin your legs are. Like I, I'm, I, he usually calls me sumo wrestler because I had pretty big muscular legs and I had gone to like stick skinny legs. And I think that was shocking for him and for me too. So when I gained that weight back, 
I had lost so much muscle that a lot of it did come back as, let's just say, not muscle. Right, right. Yeah. And so then that puts us around what time period are we, are we talking? Um, so I was pretty sick from about December 2018 to probably Christmas time of last year. So December 2019. Okay. And then take us to that moment where you're sitting there, you've gained a lot of weight back. Um, you're not feeling your best. You're struggling probably with the, the thoughts that come with putting on that weight so fast um, after this illness. And where were you at mentally and physically at that point? Um, mentally I was in the trash can. (laughs) Um, and physically I, I, it was like this such a dichotomy because physically I felt so much better, like so much more of my energy had come back. But when I went to put on my clothes, nothing fit. Everything was tight. Like I just felt like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Mom inside this body that was not supposed to be mine. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, but physically I was grappling with, I feel good because of my energy levels. And like, I know my body is, you know, beating this illness, but why physically do I look so awful? And so the mentally that was really messing with me. Like, I, I don't understand how I can feel so good, but look so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And so then what did you, what did you try? Like initially when you, what, what was the, talk us through like the point where you're like, okay, this is enough. We're going to, we're going to do something about this. And then what were some of those first steps you took? Oh my gosh. So, um, I, so back in December when like all this weight had really, I call it crept on, but I really feel like it just slammed onto me in like a month. Like here I was with all this extra weight. And so, you know, New Year's rolls around. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, it's time to get this weight off, Casey. So I started on, um, I bought a couple of different shred programs. Mm -hmm. um, And I, in a different forum, but like, I really felt like, okay, so my calories automatically went down to 1,400. The trainer was like, okay, there's no room for sweets. There's no room for treats. You know, all of this is going to be, um, nutritionally based. So I was eating 1400 calories a day, starving to death, working out probably three hours a day. Cause it was the four week shred, get the best body of your life in four weeks. And, um, I ended that program six pounds heavier than when I started. So then I was really like, Oh my gosh, like what is wrong? And so all these thoughts of, you know, clearly cases that year that you were in that illness, like that's damaged your body. Your body's never going to recover. You're always going to be the state puff marshmallow mom, just get used to it. Um, so I, and then after that, I tried keto. I tried, you know, I just tried counting calories on my own. I tried white knuckling my days from the time I got up until the time I went to bed. And that was just miserable. I was irritable. I was angry. It's cranky. My kids hated my guts. So did my husband. I mean, I, it was, it was awful. It was an awful process. Yeah. And, and I'm so, I'm so grateful that you're willing to, to talk about this because um, so many women get to that place where they've tried lots of things and it hasn't worked. And so when you have that experience of trying something and it not working and then trying it again and then it not working and then trying it again, you start to develop all of this evidence that is like, well, maybe I just can't do it. Or maybe my body's broken. And I was even going to say to you, like, I stopped your program (laughs) back in January and I didn't join at that time because we were going on vacation. And then I was also, that was the time that I was on the shred. And so uh, then I was stalking you, like repeatedly emailing you going, Amber, when is it going to come back open? When is it going to come back open? And um, so I even talked with your support staff and I said, listen, this is my history. Like, is this something that is going to work for me? Because here's where I've been here. Here's how I feel like I'm damaged. 
and your support staff was so awesome. They just kept sending these messages. Yes, Casey, you're in the right place. This will work. You know, this is a, you know, this is a journey. It's not a four week anything. So, you know, if you stick with us, this will, this will happen for you. So I took the plunge. Um, and here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important, an important point because when you have a whole lot of evidence and, and I'm speaking to like anybody who's listening to the podcast right now, um, and I'm speaking to you, you know, a couple months ago in this, or how I would speak to you a couple months ago in this place of like, you, when you have a whole lot of evidence that something doesn't work, um, we can make that mean one of two things. We can make it mean that I'm broken and it's never going to work, right? And I should just quit now and just learn to live with this body and just accept it. Um, and that's not wrong. Like that, that is a choice that you absolutely can make. Um, but the flip side of that is you can learn from those experiences and recognize that the things that you did didn't work and that those were lessons that you needed to learn and that we can then take those lessons to do new things, Right and take new actions moving forward that are actually going to start to produce the result that you want. And so you did, you took the plunge and you, even with this fear of like, my body's broken, is this going to work? You ended up signing up for macros 101. And so what made you cross that line? What made you try again? I guess. Um, I guess I would just consider myself uh, a hardcore, like never give ever, no matter what life throws at you. Um, so I just said, you know what? dang it, I've, you know, this is, I've tried so many other things and I was looking at your website and watching other people and all the transformations on the Facebook group. And I thought, you know, dang it, I'm just like everybody else. If, if this is working for everybody else, surely to goodness, this is going to work for me. So I just said, you know, fall down, get back up, try again, and let's go for it. So I did. That's so, that's so awesome. And so then walk us through the first um, little bit, because uh, I've seen you grow a lot over the, over the experience and over the weeks that we were able to work together and that I've been able to coach you. Um, so kind of walk us through where you were at at the very beginning of the program. Um, so <laughs> when it first started, um, I'm a little obsessive. I will just go ahead and full on admit that. So for the first week I probably obsessed over, oh my gosh, do I have my macros exactly right? Oh my gosh, should it be 60 grams of fat or 59? And should my protein be this? And so for the first week I was a little, um, a little scattered, I would say. But then I remember you coaching me, Amber, on the Facebook group and going, Casey, just start out with one thing. Like, just focus on your protein. And so <laughs> that day, I hit my protein. And then I'm firing off to Facebook message, Amber, 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 I hit my protein. I hit my protein. And so it, it became it became easier as we went along. But I think um, Dividing it down into like baby steps. Okay, first hit your protein, then hit your calories, then add in the other macros. And I think the biggest, biggest ahas for me was I'm a perfectionist. So I was like, oh my gosh, if I don't hit these macros perfectly every single day, I'm going to fail again. And so I had a hard time getting over that. Mm -hmm. But there's just no way you can be perfect every day. There's no freaking way. So I was noticing that, you know, maybe I was off two, three, four, five, sometimes six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, um, in my macros. And I was still, it was still working for me. And so all of a sudden this little light bulb went off or this little mental shift happened for me. Like you do not have to be perfect for this to, to work for you. And I just thought, hell yes, because I thought I cannot be perfect and I can still eat chocolate and I can still have gummy bears and I don't have to be perfect. And guess what? I, it's still working for me. And as soon as I hit that shift and as soon as I hit that mark, I was just off and running. 
So I toggled with my macros a little bit throughout the process. Um, a little bit here. I, for some reason, I always tend to go over on fat. So Lene was like, just, you know, take your average, um, push fat up. So I did, and it just continued to work. Um, and I'm also the really big into the data. So I was watching the data every week. And so if my calories were at a certain point, I was just sort of manipulating based on that. And that has really kind of set my road for the entire process. And if I'm a little, I even have, uh, I'll be totally honest and transparent. I have one day where I just kind of go, hog wild and I will go 500 calories, 600 calories. I don't even know if I'm supposed to say that, but I'll have one of those days every week. Mm -hmm. And it was still working for me doing that once a week. And so I like, I love those days, but yeah, it just shows you that you can have those days. What I, I, I was technically calling them reefy days or gorging days for me. Um, and you can still, it'll still work for you. So if that, yeah. it's going to, really good journey. Well, and here's my question for you. How has it felt being empowered to be able to make those decisions yourself? Like I never told you to take a refeed day or I never told you to have like a, a day like that. Like I didn't tell you to do any of those things. You took control of, of your experience and was able to um, make those choices for yourself. Like how is that different from other times that you've gone through like maybe the shred program? Uh First of all, it felt awesome. So to give the control back to me versus letting the food have control um, was just a win for me right off the bat. But then, you know, as I was able to do that and still see the success, um, it was awesome. And I, and I will tell you, like, I started those refeed days because my calories were at 1650 on the shred. And there were some days that I was white knuckling it, like, oh, I can really get through this. And so setting the ability to have that refeed day for me, like mentally just kept me going and physically kept me going. So I decided, I said, let me just see by adding one of these days, if it will change any of the data for me. Mm -hmm. And when it didn't, or actually data got better in terms of measurements and weight, I was like, yes. So I just kind of kept that going. And I only, honestly, I only stayed in a cut for four weeks because I couldn't, I couldn't physically handle it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in week three of my reverse. Um, so so yeah, <laughs> let me just do a little bit of teaching here because we keep bringing up this term refeed and I want to make sure everybody who's listening understands what that, what that term means. Um, so typically with a refeed day is a day that is at higher calories, um, typically somewhere usually around a maintenance. So when you're in a deficit, you know, the other days, and then you have one day that is more at a maintenance. Um, typically with refeed days, when we're actually doing a refeed day, they are typically still tracked and there's typically still like you're hitting a certain certain numbers. They are just a little bit higher than your, than your normal numbers. And this does two things. One, it helps mentally um, to be able to have that thing to look forward to, to have a little bit of re relaxation in terms of how, um, you know, controlled you're being. And then two, uh, physically, it can also reduce the amount of cortisol that your body is producing, which is the stress hormone. And that can actually help sometimes with fat loss. Now, the important thing here is that Casey tried something and she then let the data let her know how her body was responding to it. And this is what the thing that I think so many people miss in, in this process is they think, oh, a refeed day, I'm going to do that. Or um, they hear something, they're like, oh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. And it's so important to recognize that, yes, we can like try these things out and test them out and take an action. But then if we're not gathering that data and looking at the data and looking at how our body is responding to that, um, we're not going to get as good a result. So that's what Casey did. She took an action 
She started doing these reefy days. She looked at the data. She looked at the data was telling her from her body and how it was fitting in with her lifestyle and her goals and, and customized it to that. Well, and can I add something else to Amber? Because I think part of that process was so important for me. I just, your voice kept ringing in my head. Even if you have a reefy date, track it. Track yeah. it. Track it. Before those reefy days would have sent me on a binge and I would have just eaten everything in sight and not tracked it. But mm-hmm. I tracked every single thing that went into my mouth. Mm-hmm. Even though I, on some days I would look and go, oh my gosh, you've eaten a lot today. Um, but that's, that so helped me know um, that data became so important to help me know in the next week or the following week, where do I need to be? So I'm so thankful looking back that I didn't let the mindset go, oh my gosh, you've eaten a piece of apple pie and I just eat the whole thing, you loser. Mm-hmm. I just tracked it and I was able to say, it's just part of the journey. Just track it, get over it and move on and see what the data says next week. Yeah. Yeah. And, and going back to something that you said a little bit earlier, I really wanted to touch on it. Um, is this idea that, um, just like, you know, other things, other diets where it's like, you have to, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and these are good foods and these are bad foods. Macro counting can very much become a diet when you start to view it from the, from the perspective, Casey, that you kind of had coming in where it's like, these are my macros and I like have to hit them exactly on, or it's not going to work. And you can very easily turn macro counting into a diet. And what you started to learn was that that perfectionism was was actually like working against you. And I kind of liken it. Like if you think that you have to be perfect in order to get results, it's kind of like um, thinking that you can go surfing without getting wet, right? Like if you're going to go surfing, you're going to get wet. And if you're going to like take new action and try new things, like it's not going to be perfect. And thinking that it's going to be perfect is actually going to hold you back from, from taking those actions. So um, I love that. So will you share with us kind of so what both, um, I would love to hear physically what are some of the successes that you've had in Macros 101 as well as mentally? Okay. Um, so physically, physically, I've been astonished um, in so many ways. So I, like I said before, I was only in a cut for four weeks because I knew just on my diet history that probably even before I started Macros and I was reading, reading through all the modules, I probably where I'll end up as a reverse before I need to be. So I only stayed in a cut for four weeks. Um, and I'm in my third week of, um, of a reverse. So I started my cut at 1650. My calories are now at 1850. Um, and overall, I've lost 15 and a half inches. And the scale has dropped uh, 2.1 pounds. So in fact, Amber and I were talking about this before we started the call. Like, it's astonishing to me that I have lost 15 and a half inches. The scale has only moved 2.1 pounds. And actually, you know, I said, like, I'm so glad that I tracked so many different pieces of data because if I had gone through this entire process and only seen the scale move 2.1 pounds, I would have been very frustrated. But because my measurements has changed so significantly, like, I'm just dumbfounded. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm so excited, but I'm dumbfounded at the same time. Um, But I think even more so for me, beyond the physical change have been the mental changes. So what I mean by that is that my relationship with food was so distorted before I got into this, but now I re- there's nothing off limits to me. Like before I would say, oh, I can't have chocolate, can't have candy. Those are bad things. But now I just put them in, I fit them in. There is really nothing that I don't want during the course of the day that I cannot have. That is so freeing to be able to have that. The other big mental shift for me has just been, it's not really mental, but I will say it's a more of a family thing is that I used to be 
the mom who restricted calories so much. Um, by the time I got to dinner, I was a failure because I'd eaten too much during the day and I never, ever, ever sat down with my family and I might get a little emotional here. Um, but my kids would say to me, mom, why aren't you eating with us? And I would just say, you know, honey, mommy's full or, um, uh, you know, I've eaten, you know, I've already eaten dinner and I just like, things are pushing around my plate and not really eat. And now because of macros, sorry. Um, I'm eating with my family again. So I'm eating dinner. Um, we're sharing that time. And so I've just gotten so much more out of macros and just inches lost or pounds lost or whatever that might be. So um, that's been the most exciting piece for me. That's so awesome. Yeah. And I think all, I think all the moms are probably tearing up with you because <laughs> we, you know, a lot, you're, you're not alone, right? That, that is a, that's a common thing I hear from moms, especially as they're like, I want to eat dinner with my family. That's an important part of the process for me. And this is where we can get into talking about creating that lifestyle that, that fits with you and that lifestyle that you want. And that was an important non-negotiable for you. And I love that we've been able to make that happen at the same time with losing. And I told Casey, ahead of time, I love that you've lost 15 inches and only two, only you know, quote unquote, only 2.2 pounds. Um, because it's such a great example for so many women listening that um, you cannot just go by the scale. What Casey is doing is losing fat and simultaneously gaining back that muscle. And that's exactly what we want to do. Like that is, that's huge. That is changing your body shape and, and your aesthetic without seeing a ton of weight loss on the scale. Um, and that's, that's super, that's super exciting. Yeah, um, my progress pictures have changed pretty yeah. dramatically um, so awesome. from when I first started to now. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I still look at those progress pictures and go, there's only a two pound difference between these two. Like it's still, it's still, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. So I, I will never get old. It will never get old for me for seeing progress pictures where it's like the difference is like no difference in weight. And then visually there's such a difference like that never gets old for me to see. Um, I think the more we can see that as women and be able to, to take that correlation away that weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing. Um, it's such a more powerful place for us to be in. Um, so during the ex your experience inside of Macros 101, um, what you kind of talked a little bit about this idea of perfectionism and how that was kind of a, a pivotal moment for you. Were there any like any other big aha moments that you can really identify where you were like, oh, this kind of like rocked my world and changed changed things for me? So <laughs> this is gonna sound so silly, but my other big aha moment was around apple pie. Uh -huh. um, so I remember eating dinner one day with the family, and then dessert was apple pie. And I thought, okay, cool, you know, this will fit in my macros. And so I had a slice, and I literally, as I'm sitting there eating and feeling full and like that I don't want anymore, like this realization just smacks me in the face. Like, I physically and literally and mentally do not want anymore. Mm. Like, it made me tear up in the moment because that was a I had never, ever, ever been in my entire life. Like I said before. I would have eaten that one piece of pie and I would have been like, okay, you suck because you were not supposed to eat this bad food, which have, would have sent me off the rails eating four or five slices of apple pie and just beating myself up because I was a failure. But in that moment, it was the coolest thing ever to say, wow, I ate it and I'm done. Like I'm done. I don't even want anymore. Mm -hmm. And to be able to walk away 
hit my macros for the day with apple pie <laughs> was so cool. That's so sad. that was another big aha, even though it's around apple pie. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I love it so much because, and Casey, what I'll tell you, cause I talked to a lot of women and this idea that like, I could never get to that place, Casey, I could never get to that place of, um, sit, of having enough, right? Like so many women are like, I don't even know how that would, that could happen for me to get to the place where I don't want anymore. And, um, it is possible. And that's what Casey's sharing is like, she'd never been to that place either where she was like, I don't want anymore, but that doesn't mean it's impossible to get there. And she was able to get there. And that's why it was such a powerful moment for you because previously, like, and so, yeah, I was just going to say like, for me too, like, before, like before all of this, like it would have been one granola bar would have turned into five or six granola bars would have then turned into one or two Oreos to then the whole sleeve of Oreos to then, Oh, let me just try some ice cream too, to eating the whole half gallon. And I'm not joking. Like I was that I was in that place because as soon as I ate that first granola bar, it would start. Yeah. You're a failure. You didn't meet your goals. You know, just go on and wharf down the whole box of granola bars. You failure. Mm -hmm. And so the mind shift for me has been transformational. Mm -hmm. So awesome. Now you mentioned eating dinner with your family um, and how awesome that is. I'm, I'm curious uh, for, for you as a mom, how have you been able to find that balance with counting macros and, and, and being a mom and having, you know, your kids seeing you, you count your food. And like, I know for a lot of women, stuff comes up with that. Um, so I'm curious how you've navigated that in your life. So it's been a really dynamic shift because like I said in the beginning, I used to be such a perfectionist and I used to pre-log everything, like my days, everything. Mm -hmm. And if something happened and would change it up for the day, like it would throw me for a loop a little bit. But now I've gotten a little bit more flexible in that where I don't plan the whole day. I may plan some big pieces of each meal, mm -hmm. but I allow some flexibility. I don't hit my macros perfectly. Um, I'm okay with that because I've seen so much success with just what I'm doing. So like I said, I plan some of my day, but not all of it. Just knowing that mm -hmm. you're just going to have some things in there that aren't, that are going to disrupt you. Yeah. Yeah. You're being flexible, <laughs> which is exactly, exactly the point. Um, okay. I'm curious. Um, is there something in your fitness journey or specifically as you like got into macros 101 that seemed really hard for you at first that you were able to master? I think honestly, the hardest thing for me coming in was the belief that if I didn't do this perfectly, it was not going to work for me. Yeah. Um, because the fitness part of it, I've always had. So, you know, as we were kind of working through macros and then bringing back in the workouts. I knew I was going to, I was going to master that because I, I actually, I love that. Like I mm -hmm. love working out. I love weightlifting. So I knew that was going to be fine. But for me, it was working through mentally. Okay. If I don't do this perfectly and I don't hit all these macros perfectly and I pre-plan every day and I don't, you know, just eat exactly what I'm going to log or log exactly what I'm going to eat, then I'm going to fail. And so the first few weeks were hard and I had to do a lot of macro Tetris. Mm -hmm. um, but then as I started to see results, even with not being perfect, I finally said, okay, I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to obsess over this and it can still be okay. So that part was really hard for me. But then as I got over the hump, you know, I, it's, it's so much better now. Yeah. 
That's awesome. All right. Last question for you. I'm curious, what are some goals that you're currently working on right now? I'm working on getting really strong. Yeah. That's what I love to hear. <laughs> um, and so I love, so today was um, my going into my third week of my reverse. And um, like we've already talked about, I lost another inch this past week, but my scale went up a, a pound. But I'm like, I don't like I am loading up on the calories today because my goal is to get really strong and mm-hmm. I'm lifting really heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm into six days a week of lifting heavy and I love it. <laughs> so, so awesome. That's where I am. <laughs> that's so exciting. Uh, I thought of one more question too that I wanted to ask you. Um, so you said that you work full time as a psychologist. Um, and I'm curious uh, we actually had someone reach out and who's like, I really want more people on the podcast who work full time, who aren't like stay at home moms, because it's a different dynamic, right? Like it's, it, you're balancing different things and different priorities when you are a full time working mom um, and you have those various responsibilities. So how were you able to manage that and balance working full time, hitting your goals, being a mom and doing all the things? Um, so this is where having a little bit of a perfectionist comes into having a good side. So I'm very structured. So especially when homeschool hit, you know, when we went into COVID. Uh, oh, and homeschool. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and yeah. quarantine. So my poor kids. <laughs> so we have a chalkboard in the kitchen and every day. So we had 22 video conferences a week with my kids. 22. So I'm working full time. They had 22 video conferences. I'm trying to manage this. So yeah. we had a chalkboard and everything was just written out for each crew colon cave. Here's your classes today. Here's what you need to do. Um, I just sort of just, I have flexibility of being able to sort of schedule my calls and my meetings as I need to. So Mm -hmm. I just made sure that I carved out an hour for me every day to be able to work on this, to work Mm -hmm. towards my goals, to set what I was going to do for the day. And I just never looked back because that I had, you had to do it. You had to structure your days. Um, you had to just find that me time for you, um, and balance it all. So it was, it was nice because I'm actually, I travel a lot. So when COVID came, they put us on travel lockdown. So I haven't been traveling as much. So that's giving me, for me, that's giving me more time at home. So it's been blessing and a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we just had to really structure our days and work through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Awesome. Well, okay. So this is the very last question. <laughs> um, if there is somebody who is, um, if you could go back and speak to the woman who you were in January, right? So there's someone who's listening to this episode who is essentially you in January. What would you tell that woman? Uh, I would say wherever you are, just jump in and do it. Put, take all your beliefs, take all your past failures, put them in a box and put them on the shelf and just say, okay, this is a new day and I'm going to try it. And it, it will work. It will work for you. Like I can, I can't tell you how many programs, how many things that I have quote unquote failed at. And I thought, Oh my gosh, am I going to fail at this too? And I just had to compartmentalize and say, okay, here failures, here crappiness. You go in this box, you away on the shelf and tomorrow, day and I'm going to try this and I'm going to give it my best shot. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. That's so awesome. Thank you so much, Casey, for coming on and sharing your story and talking to us about your journey. Um, I couldn't be more excited for you and the results you've gotten and what's going to happen with you in the future. That's, I'm super excited for you getting strong and, and having a feeling strong and looking strong. That's, that's so exciting to me. So thank you so much for coming on. 
You are so welcome, Wimmer. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Wasn't that an awesome episode? I loved hearing what Casey had to say and sharing her results, both physical and mental, um, because I don't have to tell you, those are both incredibly important in, in your journey. And oftentimes those mental results or those mental shifts, those the mental results that you have end up leading to the physical results. And I, I think you see that really clearly in Casey's case, as she talked about that shift for away from perfectionism and how that mental shift was what allowed her to be able to then get the physical results that she has gotten where she's, you know, changed the composition of her body and um, maybe not lost a lot of weight, but has lost a lot of fat. And the fact that fat and weight aren't the same things is such an important reminder. And hopefully that was a good reminder to you as you're going through your journey to be taking data from multiple sources. If you are currently only using the scale as your only data point, you are missing the bigger picture. And, um, you know, you may be getting frustrated when there's nothing to get frustrated about, which is why it's so important to be taking um, multiple pieces of data and really enacting and constructing it into um, a, a brighter picture of what's actually going on with, with your journey. If you are interested in joining Macros 101, we do have uh, our fall enrollment coming up. And if you're interested in that, definitely get on the wait list. Go to bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash wait list. And then make sure that you're getting the emails because that's how we stay in contact with you and let you know about when we are opening enrollment so that you can come and join Macros 101. Macros 101 is more than just learning about macro counting. Um, we do teach you about the process, but even more importantly, we teach you how to take the tool that is macro counting and apply it to your unique circumstance, right? You have a unique body. Your body is going to respond differently than other people. You have a unique lifestyle that you want to choose to, to fit it into and you have unique goals. And so you can't just take you can't just set your macros and then follow them and expect grand things to happen. You need to be able to customize them to your body and your lifestyle and your goals over time. And that's what we teach. And that's what I coach you through specifically inside of Macros 101. We take principles. I teach you, you know, there's three pillars. I teach you content. Obviously, you need to have the knowledge. Um, that's really important. But if you don't have application of that knowledge, I don't have to tell you nothing's going to change. So in addition to content, the second pillar of Macros 101 is um, coaching, that we're going to actually coach you. And for me, coaching is taking a concept or knowledge that you have and actually helping you apply it to your situation. And so we have um, coaching. You can get personalized coaching inside of Macros 101 to be able to take the concepts and figure out how to apply them to your situation. And then the third pillar is community and surrounding yourself with other women who are achieving goals and who are investing in achieving, achieving goals. And there's such power in surrounding yourself with people who are, are rising, right? You rise with the people that you're being surrounded by. So between content and coaching and community, that's how we get clients results. Like we got Casey or like Casey did, um, because she was willing to invest and surround herself with people who are doing the same thing. And she remained open and coachable during the process. And that's what we do for our clients. That's how we help our clients to get results physically, mentally, and to create that transformation that they want in their life. So again, if that sounds interesting to you and you would love some help in reaching your fitness goals, get on the wait list at bicepsafterbabies.com forward slash waitlist and we will be opening up the doors very soon. So definitely make sure that you're following me on Instagram at biceps after babies or on Facebook, which is also biceps after babies and, um, check in your emails because there is some fun stuff that's coming down the pike and we'd love to see you inside of macros 101.
That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.